Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody, with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler. This show is all about information for entrepreneurs, tips, tricks, and everything you need to know to take your business from being owner-dependent to uh, growth-ready and process-driven. How are you doing today, Julie? Uh, <coughs> I'm good. I'm good. That I came in weak there, but I'm good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ju- Julie's got a, a little bit of a something going on in her chest there. Yeah. But... I'm okay. I'm yeah. Okay. We're going to power through like you do in business. You, you don't really have a choice. Sometimes you just have to go to work. So today's going to be a fun show. We've got Matt Meehan and Luigi Rosa Bianca on. They own and operate Shield Advisory Group, and they are a full service consulting firm that helps small businesses scale and access capital. They're also hosts of the Liquid Lunch Project podcast. And that podcast is all about helping small businesses um, excel their growth and We've had them on our podcast. We've been on their podcast. They're fun guys. This should be a really fun conversation today. Yeah, they really are fun guys. And they're super knowledgeable. They um, have, they're really very good about making sure that small business owners understand all of the ways that they can get capital or that they can get um, good um, money back on their tax returns. So they're, they're good guys. They're really good guys. Very knowledgeable. Yeah. And it's it, a lot of information about finance today. So if you have questions about um, anything financially related uh, from today's show, you can uh, stick around because it's going to be a lot of knowledge in there in that 20 minutes we have in the middle segment with the two of them. And obviously, if you have any questions or if any concerns or you want to reach out, we'll have all their information in the show notes. So uh, let us know, people. But before we get into that, uh, Julie, I want to jump back into topic that we were covering last week and get into sales. And because we've talked a lot on our podcast, not so much on the radio show so far, but on the uh, on our podcast about the importance of understanding your customer, understanding your target market, creating a target market, just really building that um, your sales strategy around that. And I found or found I was watching football this weekend and saw this um great commercial that kind of embodied that on uh, the Adobe Experience Cloud. Um, They had it, and I'm going to just play like a quick clip for everybody out there. Excuse me, a random sales rep just emailed for the 14th time about an important new offer that has nothing to do with our business. Forget the merger. This is far more important. Hey guys, a random sales rep. So I just thought that was hilarious because this guy just barges into a meeting and says, hey, we've just got this unsolicited email. We clearly need to stop everything we're doing. And I feel that that's so much of today's sales tactics. It's just cast the widest net possible and hope that you catch something. And it's annoying as a potential customer when you get these unsolicited emails or phone calls or people walking up to you in stores. Hey, do you want to buy this thing? Like, I don't know. I feel like we're a pretty informed society when it comes to sales and, or, you know, what we want to purchase. And people still think that just the random emails are important. What are your thoughts there, Julie? <laughs> well, I, yeah, very rarely do I read an, a random email unless it has a really catchy subject line. And then I might take a look at it. Um, what I really hate is clickbait, which I fell for yesterday where somebody said something was one thing and it was complete the complete opposite. And they admit I just put something catchy as the subject so that you would open this and read it. I'm like, you're a jerk. Um, But I, you know, I think that's definitely one approach to selling. I do think that every salesperson should cold call to really 
you know, I, I don't think you can truly be a good salesperson unless you've done some cold calling. That's my, my personal opinion. But you should do some research prior to the cold call. You're not going to try and pitch services for lawn maintenance to like a, a lawyer in an office building, right? Well, does the lawyer in the office building have a home? Commercial lawn maintenance. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, asphalt re- refinishing. What, yeah. Something that like clearly this, this person has no need for your service. There's no reason to go knock on their door figuratively or literally and say, do you want to buy this thing that I know that you don't need or will never purchase? Right. It's, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, the old door-to-door salesman for encyclopedias or Amway, right? When they used to go sell it door-to-door and you're not doing any pre-qualifying other than does this door have something, does this house have a door I can knock on? And is there somebody possibly behind that door? Yes. Yes. Although, man, the good old days when encyclopedias were a thing. And you actually had to have a set of encyclopedias if you wanted to know stuff. You couldn't just, uh, you know, pull it up know. on the internet there. There's a great Friends episode where where um, a, a encyclopedia salesman goes to um, Joey's apartment and tries to sell him encyclopedias. And he can only afford one. So he just decides which letter to buy. And I think he buys the letter P. I could be wrong. But... And, and he learns everything there is to learn under that letter. And of, of course, most encyclopedias broke, right? Where it'd be like, N would have like three volumes or something. So it was it was a very funny episode because he couldn't afford them all. He could afford one book. No. Well, everything you need to know about the letter P, I guess, is better than nothing. But let's jump into something um, a little closer to the, um, the topic for today. So giving up equity in your business. I like to watch Shark Tank conveniently when I'm at the gym in the evenings. It's on one of the televisions, so I can park myself in front of that and watch pretty much some, for the most part, terrible ideas get pitched. There's the occasional good idea on there. It's, it's a fun show to watch. Uh, but the thing that always just kind of blows my mind is there are people on there who have like not only given up some equity going into this, they're willing to give up a ton of equity in order to keep their business alive. And I, I have a problem with that because you and I talk about the concept of firing yourself. Like you, you want to own a business so that you're not having to work day to day in the minutiae. You're not, you're your own boss. You're not uh, beholden to anything other than kind of what you want and need to work on. But if you're giving up equity constantly and giving up managerial control, the, the, the problem there is that you're now like you just bought yourself a job. You're now working for a bunch of investors and you have to keep their best interest in mind when you're, when you're doing whatever, instead of just dealing with keeping your best interest in mind. Yeah. I think it's funny because I'm, I'm always more amazed at the people who come in and they want, you know, like $5 million and they're willing to give up 5% equity. Yeah. Like, those are the ones that absolutely amaze me where it's like, how much do you think your business idea is worth? Like, come on, man. But I agree. You have to be careful. There's a very fine line there because when you give up, when you're constantly putting equity out and we know a business owner who's done this, right? You're constantly giving up equity, giving it to your employees in lieu of pay early on. You're giving it to, you know, investors, and all of a sudden, you don't have control anymore of your own company. Like you've always, 
And the more investors you have, the more people that are equity investors, the more people you have telling you what to do, the more people you have to report back to. And it becomes very difficult to actually run your business. Yeah. And there, I mean, there is a way around that. You can build a solid management agreement into the contract so that they can only they can only have say in things over certain dollar amounts or if there's a certain percentage of voters or there's a number of ways that you can protect yourself and still give yourself that control. But at the end of the day, you're still working for these investors. They've given you money and they expect a return and you, you have to think about them over, you have to consider them as much as you would have to consider the effect on your customers or your employees or anything. It's, it's just as important and it, it kind of muddies the waters. Yep. Yep. I'm same page. I'm, I'm with you. And I think you've got to think really long and hard. A lot of people tend to think that getting investors is the solution to all of their problems. And when they don't really have anything to give up, the most logical thing to give up is equity. I don't have a lot to offer you. So if you, you know, invest in my business, I'll give you equity and you're, then you have to really like, you want to make sure you have an attorney as you're working through that. Sure. And that equity that you're giving up, I mean, it, it might be kind of a kick in the nuts to some people because they think that their business is, you know, they go into the shark tank and they want $5 million for 5%. And it's like, well, you're not, you don't own a hundred million dollar company. And they're thinking, well, it could be. It's a great idea. Yeah, it 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 could be, probably not, but it could be. But it's not it's not a hundred million dollar business now. So I'll give you fifty thousand for fifty percent because you had thirty seven dollars in sales last year and um, you've got no infrastructure. So right, right. A lot of people don't understand either everything that gets looked at. Like when an when an equity investor is coming on, all the things that they want to see. Right. Most people are not prepared to have those conversations. Yeah. You can take equity from your grandma. She's probably not going to ask you all those questions. Yeah. And that's, I mean, friends and family is always the best place to start. Except for didn't Michael Scott go and ask his grandma? (laughs) That didn't turn out well. That did not turn out well. But yeah, Yeah. friends and family is a good place to start because you, they believe in in you more so than they believe in the business or they should, or you hope they do. But the, um, the problem there is you're now dealing with friends and family. And that's, I would, I feel like most people would probably agree that you would want to, you would rather upset or disappoint some random stranger or a bank than you would your grandmother or your brothers and sisters. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Where do you want to go next? Um. Well, I guess I want, let's jump into questions people should be asking, but they aren't. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Jan, uh, I'm going to start then. You do it. January 17th, a couple of days ago, was National Quitters Day. And that's the day when most people give up on their resolutions. Mm-hmm. And why do people suck at keeping commitments, Julie? Because it's hard. <laughs> I would say this is a... This listen, we we could probably do an entire show on this, but we are really we have somehow managed to create the weakest society ever known, right? Like this is like what how's that saying go? Um, hard times build strong men. Um, strong men build like good good time. good times and good times breed weak men yes yeah. yes well we are in the weak men have have having been bre- bred 
bred, raised, raised, sure, born, here. all of them. Yeah. Okay. I haven't had any coffee yet today, people, but um, I think people suck at keeping commitments to themselves because they really can't do hard things. We are just, a, we are a society where everyone is so used to, you know, Oh, I, I want something. I want this. I can order it off of Amazon and have it today. I can have my food delivered to me. I don't, I mean, people didn't leave their houses for a year, maybe they, longer. They rarely put on clothes other than pajamas, which I is know. just disappointing. I know. So that to me, that's the number one reason is because they're not doing challenging enough things to build up that resiliency and that mental toughness to keep pushing. Quitting is easy. Sure. Well, and like there's, there's a whole other, like, there's so much more that goes into that. I mean, you hit on the instant satisfaction. If you're, and if you watch any kind of like Marvel superhero movie, the person gets struck by lightning and all of a sudden they've got chiseled abs and superpowers and they're wicked smart and all mm -hmm. of that. It's like, that shit doesn't happen overnight. Like it you have to matter. work hard. And the thing is like people, they'll, they'll set this goal of, Oh, I'm going to hit the gym this year. I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. This is going to be the year, but yeah, you're, you're not setting like a goal that you can track. I'm right. going to, I'm going to go to the gym this year. No, you need to set goals. I'm going to go to the gym 10 times a month. Start small. If you haven't been going to the gym ever and you want to start, start small. And if you miss a day or you don't hit your goal, don't stop. I mean, you're not, it's not like you got fired from the gym. It's not like they're going to not let right. you back in. You know, yeah. I, for my gym membership, cause I pay $89 a month, right. For my boxing membership. I, my rule to myself is that my boxing membership can never cost more than $10 per time that I go. Right. So that means I have to go a set number of times every month. Otherwise I've broken that promise to myself and never broken it. Right. Don't ask me to math that right now. I'm not going to, but <laughs> the, uh, yeah, my, my gym only costs $10 a month, I which know. is a great, great business model for them because it's so low that like, I have no idea how that, well, I know how they stay in business. They have so many people who just have a membership because they're, ah, it's only 10 bucks a month. I'll go next month. I'll go next month. And yeah. it's just like that. It's a great model because you don't, you're not really hitting anybody's bank account that hard. So they just forget that they even have a membership. Yep. So I want to just tie this one really quick back to business. Um, so national quitters day, um, honestly, one of the biggest tricks to being successful as a new business owner is not to quit. Just keep going. It's really, really hard. Just keep going, keep pushing forward because most people don't make it to that year mark. Very few people make it to five years. Sure. But there is a point where you, might have to throw in the towel though. Well, yeah, yeah that's, that's a, whole, a whole other conversation. All right. But, let me ask you a question. Okay. Should I clean out my retirement account to start my business? Heck yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm a risk taker. I'm a gambler. Invest so I say yourself. yes. Um, that's, that's a question that's a little more nuanced. Uh, you should definitely talk to a financial expert before you do something like that. But if you have money and you have an idea and you have a plan to use that money to make more money in the long run than you would if you just left it there, then I say yes. It's like any type of investment in general. It's can what? How much money can I make with this money? And if, if it's going to make money sitting in a bank account, if it's going to make more than you can make with your own business, I say leave it in the bank account. But if you can take that and significantly make more money, I say do it. 
Uh, there was a portion of that answer that sounded a little Michael Scottish. If you can take that money and make more money, do it. That sounds like something Mike. That sounds like a Michael Scott business. That's plan. a little too smart for Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I will be curious what Luigi and Matthew have to say about that after the break. I'm sure they've got some thoughts on emptying out retirements. I bet you one of them is for it and one of them's against it. Oh, I'm gonna love this conversation. I so. have no idea. But, I'm for it. I say do it. Yeah. I think you know. I'm, here's me. Bet on yourself. Yeah. If you're not willing to bet on yourself, why should anyone else? And that's the big thing for for entrepreneurs when you're starting a business and you're going around asking other people for money to invest. The first question they're going to ask is how much of your own money have you put into it? Yeah, exactly. So obviously you want to take things that are a little more liquid, like savings account, checking account, like, you know, any kind of um, more liquid investment that you can take that cash mm-hmm. and you can use. But if you need to tap that savings account, I say do it. But the hey, financial experts will probably say something different. Hey, do you think that's why they call their podcast the Liquid Lunch Project? I, I will have to ask them. I never thought about that. I didn't until, either. I really thought it was about boozing during yeah, lunchtime. I know because we had we had our podcast at eleven. I was like, do we have to start drinking now? I, oh, that's so <laughs> funny. I never thought about that. I bet you that is why they call it that. Yeah. Wow. Did not even think about that. Good catch. Poor geniuses over here. (laughs) (laughs) It only took us like six months to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, when we come back after the break, we're going to have Luigi and Matthew on with us from Shield Advisory Group. You got it. Hey everybody, this is Corey from Defeat the Chaos and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well technically two coaching, is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel.
Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We've got the experts from Shield Financial on. We've got Matthew Meehan and Luigi Rosa Bianca. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, hey, Corey. Hey, Julie. Thanks for having us. We're so excited to be here today. Thanks. Good morning, folks. Thanks so much. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Um, and I think that we're going to just jump right into the name of your podcast because we had an epiphany by we julie had an epiphany right there at the end of the first segment about the name of your podcast so did we get that right <laughs> okay so it i think you're both right so liquid is a financial term right but also liquid lunches on wall street were a thing pre-covid right because not all business is done in the boardroom sometimes you had to go out have drinks and get belly to belly with people and it turned into that old-fashioned three martini lunch so it's a play on both Matt, you mean there was a time where people actually got together and discussed business in person? Oh, many years ago. Many years ago. Uh, I think we're dating ourselves. Yeah, tell me, Grandpa Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Wall Street, um, if you guys have ever been there, um, it it's filled with bankers, lawyers, attorneys, and business. Most business was done not in boardrooms, but in the bars and the restaurants that that surrounded the Wall Street area nine out of ten times. And I know myself spending 17 years on Wall Street, I was in a lot of those restaurants, a lot of days, closing deals, meeting new connections, and just networking through it. So that's kind of, it's an adage to the, our, our throwback on the old Wall Street days. Excellent. So, well, Julie, Corey, let me give you like an old uh, throwback. There's this really famous uh, steakhouse on Wall Street called Bobby Vance. And if you ever come to New York City, you would kind of uh, definitely trip over one of them because they're all over the place. But there's this wonderful tradition that once you become a quote-unquote regular, they'll have these little two-inch plaques on the wall, and they'll put your name on it. So one day, they call me up, and they go, hey, Lou, come over. We're going to buy you a drink. And I walk in there, and I tell you guys, I've got a lump in my throat. I, I think I drew a tear, and my name was up on the wall. So this was back in, I guess, 90s, early 2000s, where a lot of business occurred on a handshake. Now, now you need, you know, 14 page contracts and everything gets buttoned up, but there was a greater honor code in America back in the day. Cool. <laughs> I have, um, I, I want to go back to a different topic that Corey and I were talking about before the break and get you guys' thoughts on, cause I'm sure you have some. So um, I will, um, Luigi, I'm going to, I'm going to actually ask this question to you. What are, what are your thoughts on emptying out your retirement to um, to finance your business? And I mean emptying it out. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you because um, this has become a very topical conversation in my household. Uh, Tina and I just got married a couple months ago. So Tina, by definition, is extremely conservative and I'm probably um, financially conservative. And I, I think Matt and I are a little bit more aggressive. You know, like if we see things are going well, you know, we double down and maybe quadruple down. Um, but I think prudence would dictate and my age and experience would dictate that there is a happy medium. I mean, I've gone through business where I went through several recessions, terrorist attacks, pandemics. Um, you know, uh, you may have a physical ailment. Shit happens in life. Um, I hope I was able to say that. So I think, I think the better form of valor would be to find that happy medium. I, I don't think you want to empty 
the uh, the nest, you know, keep keep an egg or two in there, but you got to scramble some eggs once in a while to make a beautiful omelet. Well put, and I'm, I'm we agree over here. Sometimes you got to scramble all the eggs and then borrow some from your neighbors too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes you do. Matt, how about you? Same same boat. You you agree? I'm more of a risk taker, I think, than Luigi is. However, you know, I'm always big on holding back reserves of 25%, okay? If you look at some of the greatest conquerors in the world, whether it was Genghis Khan, Napoleon, or Alexander the Great, the reason that they succeeded, and business is war, right? At the end of the day, if you're going to start something new and you want to go out and you want to conquer lands, because it's pretty much what you're doing, you're going to need to have strategy when you do it. Right. So the reason they were able to conquer so many places was they had one strategy. It's funny that all of them used the same thing. They sent in three quarters of their troops. And then when they thought they were depleted uh, and the other the other side was defeated and they were, you know, everybody was tired and fighting on the battlefield. They sent in the fresh 25 percent that they had to go in and finish off the fight. So I always think you have to have 25% in reserve. So I wouldn't say depleting always, but take 75% of the money and go for it. What about somebody who, let's say, is younger or doesn't have a savings or doesn't, doesn't have much in savings and they're trying to start a business? Uh, they're going to throw everything. I, I mean, at, still at, at my spry young age of 40, I'm, I'm still in the mindset that I can just continue to make money as long as I need to make money. But at the age of 25, living hand to mouth, I'm like, throw it all in, screw it. I can just go work more tomorrow and make more money. But starting a business costs a lot of money. And it was definitely outside of the realm of possibility for me at the age of, let's say, 25, because I had nothing in savings and that was extremely poor. Um, how, like, I mean, like, what are, what are some of the best ways for somebody in that, that situation to find money? So, I mean, when it comes to finding money, right, outside of going to investors, the ways to get money for your business is going to be the three C's, which is cash flow, credit, or collateral, right? So, I mean, if you're 25 and you have a car that's paid off and you really believe in your business, you can go get a loan against your car, right? Or you can go out if you have good credit, right? And you can take out some credit cards. I mean, there's so many stories throughout history of people who started their business on their credit card and became successful, right? I think uh, Kevin Smith, the director, went out and he maxed out his credit cards and made the movie Clerks and look where he is now. And that's what started off his career. Some people don't believe in that ideology, but um, I, I think I do. And I would do it because it's unsecured because if you take the risk and you fail, at the end of the day, what's going to wind up happening is you're going to have bad credit, but you can get out of that within seven years. And I'd rather have bad credit for seven years than never take the shot at all. That's a, a great point there because it's, it, uh, there's no sense in just sitting around and working some crappy job if you've got a good idea. So might as well take that shot while you can and, and do the best with it. And uh, yeah, the maxing out the credit cards, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, for whatever reason, I would much rather take out like a <laughs> some gigantic loan than even think about maxing out one of my credit cards again because it took forever to get out of that uh, that debt. But it is something that it you know with a little bit of time and effort and just if you cut some things out of your budget, you can definitely do. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about what Shield Financial does or Shield Advisory. Sorry. 
Corey, Julie, our, our mantra is pretty simple. What we try to do all day long is try to find the uh, services and programs for small businesses that large businesses normally have available to them. And whether it's lending, whether it's tax credits, whether it's interesting um, tax planning strategies, POS systems, if you've got a team of professionals behind you and you have a CFO and you have a um, uh, uh, white glove shoe firm, um, law firm behind your back and an accounting firm behind your back, you have all those professionals. But if you're starting out, you have no one to turn to. So what Shield tries to do all day long is to find a leveling playing field for the small business. I mean, I'll give you an example of something we're working on right now. We love tax credits. And why do we love tax credits? Because the government doesn't do anything right. I mean, one of the reasons FedEx and UPS and DHL are so successful is because the post service sucks. So the IRS has these wonderful tax programs, but they don't tell anyone about it. The IRS doesn't have a marketing arm or a PR firm that promotes this. So the small business person, unless you're going to Washington and you're going through the annals of DC, you've got no idea what these tax credits are. So we really are keen in promoting tax credits to small businesses because it's found money. And, and basically that's us in a nutshell. That's, I love that. I, I love what you just said about how, you know, the, the reason that FedEx and UPS and DHL are so successful is because the USPS sucks and how the IRS doesn't have an advertising or a marketing arm that goes out and tells people, you know, what to do. It doesn't tell them where, what, what's available to them. That's, that's such a smart way to look at it. And that's a really good place for you guys to position yourselves to be the people that are providing that information to small business owners. And as as a small business owner, especially like you were saying, Luigi, when if you don't have that team of individuals behind you doing that work for you, that all of that work falls on you. And there's a thousand other things that a small business owner needs to be doing just to keep their business afloat and trying to find those tax credits or ways to just get more money. And again, like you said, I mean, God forbid that the government actually do anything that we pay them to do. Um, you know, and help us much less, but yeah, having, having somebody on, you know, in your corner being the, the, your, your company to help a business find those things to find money to just, because I mean, just a little bit of extra cash, everybody would love a little bit of extra cash. And as a small business owner, the things that you could do with that money just is, is crazy if you think about it. And it's just sitting there and nobody knows. Corey, Julie, we found that this miracle happens when you let an American entrepreneur do his thing. Let a baker bake, let a candlestick maker make candles, let a mechanic repair transmissions. If they can focus on their craft, this miracle happens and it's a cascade of revenue. But if that person has to worry about bookkeeping and janitorial services and ordering uh, supplies on Quill or Staples and all the administrative bureaucratic muck that is today's American reality, it's very difficult to make those candles. So what we try to do is have the entrepreneur focus on your craft. That's where you're good at. Like you guys are great at radio, right? But you don't have to worry about the executive team worrying about the radio, the, the, the sound checks and the technology behind it. You guys can focus on your craft because you have a team behind you. And it's beautiful. That's why your radio show is so wonderful. Well, we have Aaron behind us. Aaron is a magician. <laughs> yes. The rock. <laughs> yeah. 
I, you know, I, I, I want to say this too before the before the moment passes, and and we dive deeper into some of these topics. But when you know, going back to what you said, Luigi, about the you know the IRS doesn't have a marketing arm. Well, if the government spent as much money letting people know how they can be better business owners, how they can get these important credits, what's available to them, and spent less time marketing a vaccine across the country, like because we've just been subjected to the biggest marketing campaign we've ever seen run by the federal government. And uh, honestly, that time could have been so much better spent and that money so much better spent on helping people get back up on their feet after the devastation that happened in all of 2020 and a good portion of 2021. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And I, I think government is best when they do two things and two things well. You know, keep your hands out of our pockets and keep your eyes out of our bedroom. Um, keep the red lights working, keep the military fortified, and just make sure the streets are paved. Keep things simple. Don't Don't get involved in too many things. Americans are pretty industrious. We can figure shit out. Sure, but the problem is that uh, outside of that, they also just try sit around and try and figure out how they can get more money. Yeah. And since they don't have a model that produces money, they have to take money, which is the frustrating part because, you know, the the one part of any kind of, uh, in any city, the the one department that works very, very, very well is parking enforcement. You will get parking tickets because that is a profit center. They don't care about fixing potholes because eh, that costs money, but we can make money. But that's just me. Uh, look, you, you folks are right. Look, I, I don't want to keep harking on the government because at the end of the day, we're proud Americans and uh, I'm proud to be an American. I know everyone on this radio show is proud to be an American, but um, less government is best. I mean, look at Amtrak, for example. Amtrak could be an amazing enterprise, but they're losing billions every quarter. So what has Amtrak created? Amtrak has created very successful regional airlines because there's no way I'm going to get on the Acela to get to Boston and spend $300 when the seats are filthy and the service is terrible. But if I get on one of my regional airlines, I could probably spend half as much money and have a more pleasant experience. Yeah. And it, it's, it's crazy, but that's, I mean, the problem is there, there's no competition. So why, why would they bother to try and do better? Because, you know, there you have to ride Amtrak if you if you want to take a train, and that's just um, you know the problem there in general. But we are um, running out of time in this segment, so let's uh, kind of turn our direction back to um, what y'all do. So before we go, um, maybe Matt, you, you can give us um, you know a, a, a tip or something for any small business owner out there, just something that somebody can do now to help improve their financial situation in their business. You know, there's one program out there. We started talking about tax credits. I think every small business owner needs to be aware of. And as of right now, where the stats lie, only 20% of them are. It's called the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is the only stimulus program still available today. PPP is done. EIDL is done. However, like I said, only 20% of small businesses know this exists. It's a program where you can get back up to $33,000 per employee if your business was affected by the pandemic, right? Um, you have to have W-2 employees and you either needed to be shut down by the government fully or partially, 
or have a revenue decrease in 2020 of 50% or greater compared to the same quarter of 2019, or a revenue decrease of 20% or greater for 2021 in the first three quarters compared to the same quarter of 2019. The program was initially released in the CARES Act. It was expanded in the American Rescue Plan. Me and Luigi have been getting our clients into it. And so far in the last six months, we've gotten small businesses back over $40 million. That is a lot of money. Um, what, uh, what's the average like ballpark for what a small business like you've helped? It's really, it really depends on employees, but the average number that we've gotten is about $87,500, which is life, which is life changing to some businesses, right? Definitely. Um, I mean, that, that's like a full, that's a full salary and benefits for somebody. Exactly. And the best part is it's not a loan. It's a tax credit that comes in the form of a refundable check, which means the IRS is sending you a U.S. Treasury check to your bank account that you never have to pay back. Man, that's great. Um, Well, before we go, uh, can you just give us a um, just a quick uh, note on where everybody can find you? You guys can find us on the socials. As you guys stated earlier, our podcast is the Liquid Lunch Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, iTunes. Um, you can also find me, Matthew R. Meehan, on Facebook and Instagram, Luigi at Luigi Rosa Bianca. And our website is www.shieldadvisorygroup.com. Great. Well, Matt and Luigi, we uh, appreciate you all coming back on one of our shows and, and talking with us today. As always, we enjoy the conversation. It's always a blast, guys. Thank you for the invite. Thanks so much, guys. We appreciate y'all. Thank you. Look forward to doing it again. Yep, definitely. And we will be in touch. And uh, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after these commercials. Hey, everybody. This is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path, but how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. And we are um, finishing up the show here with uh, some current events, and we got some sports talk. Um, we just had a great conversation with Matt and Luigi from Shield Advisory Group. So if you missed that, definitely go back and listen to that. Uh, get some some tips and tricks about financial, even though we spent most of the time railing on the government. but As it should be. As it should be. Absolutely. So, before we get into current events, there we go. You know Whoa. what that sound means. It's time to gamble. It's time to gamble. So um, I picked poorly last week. So, Julie picked well. All right. So who gets to go first? Um, you get to go first. We're both two and one so far as we start. Right. So winning. That's good. Winning is good. I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I believe the line is at minus two. I think so. Yeah, that's the last number I saw. And I would say the Chiefs are good, good to minus three. Although I'm not going to lie to you. I will be cheering for the Buffalo Bills to win on the money line. I really want Buffalo to win. When it's, I almost picked Buffalo as my pick for this uh, for today. Interesting. I, I, I really thought I, I'm surprised, not surprised impressed at how well Josh Allen has been playing. And I think that they have a solid team all around. There's, there's like nobody that really is like a superstar, but it's, it's a solid team all around. I think they might be able to actually go the distance. this year. Interestingly enough, the thing that Buffalo did this past off season was they spent the entire off season building their team to beat Kansas city. That was their sole focus. Interesting. So they destroyed them during the season. And we all know the hardest thing to do is to beat a team twice in the same season. So, Uh, I, I do. I want Buffalo to win, but I actually think Kansas City will cover. And I'm just I'm just glad that they spent the offseason trying to beat the Chiefs. And it's no longer the Patriots because they can suck it. Yeah, so, there we go. I said, we go. You said it. But all right. So my uh, pick of this week is going to be the Tennessee Titans minus three and a half over the Bungles. Uh, I don't. You don't believe in the Bengals. I don't believe in them at all. And maybe I just have a bias because I'm a Steelers fan. And You have a bias. And I don't like anybody else in the AFC pretty much. Um, yeah. By and large, especially the AFC North. But um, the uh, the Bengals, I don't think they've got what it takes. The Titans had a week off. And they're they're going to – I think they'll, they'll – it'll be an easy game for the Titans. So I'm going to take them at minus three and a half. Nice. All right. Let's get into some – Headlines. Let's do it. All right. You want me to go first? Sure. All right. This is my favorite headline that I think I've ever given. Missouri Highway Patrol mistakenly sends out Batman-themed alerts. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, that happened. So here's what happened. The patrol sent out a test message claiming authorities in Gotham City were searching for a purple and green 1978 Dodge, the car used by the Joker in the 1989 Batman film. They they sent a patrol alert to cell phones blaring statewide. Authorities in Gotham City, Missouri, were searching for a purple and green 78 Dodge 3700 GT. There is no Gotham City, Missouri. And the car reference was from the movie. They actually said in a news release that a routine test of Missouri's blue alert system was inadvertently transmitted statewide. And the system is meant to let public know when a police officer is killed or seriously injured in the line of duty man that's 
That's hilarious. I, I enjoy little scripts like that. And I'm sure that some intern probably got yelled at quite a bit for accidentally doing that. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, there's little scripts. You remember that one time? Um, so we were uh, at a company and that thousands of, of employees and um, somebody in the IT department accidentally sent out a, <laughs> an email to the entire company. Thousands of people were copied on this email. And then guess what happened? Idiots. In the company, instead of saying, replying to the person who sent it, it said to say, hey, I don't think I'm supposed to be on this. They hit reply all, which then turned into everybody hitting reply all because they're idiots. And we like thousands and thousands of emails were just being sent across the company. Like, I don't think I'm supposed to be on this. Yeah, no shit. Don't reply all, you moron. Right. And then people start literally started replying all saying, stop replying all. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I just, yes. I, I, I literally, I just stopped working you for, know, for like a solid, like 45 to 60 minutes. So I was like, I'm just going to let this just play itself out. And- you know what, what um, client memory I had yesterday? No, I don't. Do you remember when we were working for a particular client in Philadelphia and the CIO, they had all glass, like, doors and walls into and the perimeter for all the offices and the CIO ran into (laughs) ran into the glass. Ran into the glass door, basically gave himself a concussion. Yes, that was and then of course they had because they sold like really expensive stuff. They had video cameras Cameras everywhere everywhere, and people just used to watch that video over and over again. (laughs) He hit that door so hard. He knocked himself on his ass. Yeah. That guy was a douche. He he really was. He deserved it. Yeah, he did. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to do two um, stories real quick. One, it's not really, we already talked about this prior to the show, but a poll came out that said a sweeping majority of voters uh, are in favor of banning members of Congress from trading stocks. That sweeping number, 67%, which Begs the question, what the is wrong with the other 33% of those people who are like, yeah, you know, I don't know. They think they should be able to trade stocks. Do they work for Congress? Is that like, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand it either. The only thing I could think of is maybe the reason that they want those people in Congress to continue to like be able to trade stocks is because they're following them and they're making money. Um, <laughs> the, the problem is that yeah, even though Congress does have to uh, uh, display everything, like they have to disclose all of the trades that they make. Yeah, they're so far out behind the fact that you can't really take advantage of them when they're taking advantage of no. them. But um, anyway, so the next one that I want to jump into is uh, Amy's Kitchen. Are you familiar with Amy's Kitchen? It's a they make uh, vegetarian, organic, um, uh, like. Uh, uh, soups and frozen foods and that type of stuff. Like you can go to, you can go to whole foods or any kind of like feel good granola grocer and find Amy's kitchen products in there. Okay. Um, and like right there on the label, it says that their food is made with love. So you would expect, you know, that'd probably be in there. God, please tell me they're using children to make their <laughs> soups or something. I wish that was no um, puppies. <laughs> <laughs> No, the uh, yeah. So they're they're the idea is that they're made with love, and that's part of their their company, their core values, their mm-hmm. culture is that like we're all inclusive and all I that. I feel like this is going to turn badly for Amy. Yes, yeah. Well, there's no Amy. Amy, I think, is the name of the owner's daughter or something. Okay. But anyway, um, but it's an unforgiving workplace that pushes people past the point of injury. So they're following these two people who uh, they were being forced to work so hard that they got injured like 
on the line, whatever the rolling burritos or, or packaging food. And instead of giving them time off and letting them recover or trying to change the work environment, they put them in what they call the corral, which is the cafeteria. And they just have to go in there and like clean stuff. So they just like reassign them and then basically just try and force them out by making it so miserable. So there you go. Mm, that doesn't made sound with love. That does not sound like it's made with love. <laughs> yes. And that's why you should really, really uh, focus on the core values of your business and make sure that what you're doing aligns with those core values. Yeah. Well, listen, um, so I've got two stories that follow a similar theme that I'd like to talk about. Okay. Which honestly, we don't talk about the stories we're going to share before we share them. Correct. So this one, I'm, I'm sorry in advance. Here we go. Here's the headline. How the 90 day fiance star Stephanie Motto ended up hospitalized after eating too many beans to sell farts. Have you heard this story? No, this woman Stephanie Motto was selling jars of her farts for $1,000 a piece to men all over the world. She made $200,000 in two months, and all she was eating was yogurt, eggs, and beans. She ended up in the hospital when she thought she was having a heart attack. (laughs) Uh, I mean, good for her. People are stupid. And if you can find a way to sell them their own stupidity back to them, by all means, do it. I mean, so I, I laughed at uh, months ago that when NFTs first started getting popular and somebody sold their fart as an NFT for like $83 mm-hmm. and everybody's like, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm like, no, that guy, that guy recorded himself farting and was able to sell it for $83. Perfect. This woman is selling her farts for $1,000. That is insane. It's insane. It is. It's in a jar. Yeah. What do you think her profit margin is? I don't know. I mean, is she eating like organic beans or because if she's just going to Walmart or Kroger, I mean, we're we're talking like 99%. Well, she's, you got to pay for the jars, though, and the shipping. Oh, OK, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I'm pretty sure you can find them online, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's yes. a YouTuber, Aaron. Yes. OK, here's my next headline. Again, I'm sorry. Poop Patrol aims to combat the astounding amount of human feces on San Francisco streets. That's an old, uh, old, not an old article, but they, they created the Poop Patrol a while ago, I thought. Yeah, well, yes, they did. They did. So literally, they've deployed the Poop Patrol to clean up the growing amount of feces on its sidewalks thanks to the homelessness epidemic. Number two, this is a very well-written article. Number two is becoming San Francisco's number one problem. Oh, look at that. Somebody, somebody patted themselves on the back when they heard that. I know. The city has been experiencing a growing problem of public pooping on its streets by the local homeless population, and it's now becoming a major public health concern. God. So that ties well into the... Wait, I just want to tell you one more thing. Okay. Forbes magazine referred to it as a brown out epidemic. Yeah. All right. Um, that ties well into an article that I found about uh, Manhattan's DA following in the footsteps of California and their ultimate wisdom. Um, they're going to stop prosecuting low level crimes. Mm. And so because of that crime has 
done. skyrocketed. Yes, <laughs> except it hasn't because they're not prosecuting it because they're not recording it. Therefore, it's not happening oh. in the eyes of in the eyes of the government. Um, and so uh, crime has skyrocketed, forcing small businesses in the Manhattan area to take on yet another expense to hire private security for their businesses because their employees don't feel safe at work. Well, there was a there was a headline recently a couple of weeks ago where the government and I can't remember if it was in New York or if it was in California actually blamed the business owners. They said, well, if your people are stealing from you because you don't have good security. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's your job as the government. The one of the things that you're supposed to do besides issue parking tickets is, you know, Keep the the threads of society closely woven. You want to keep, you know, you don't want that little frayed edges. You want to, you know, nice. Uh, yeah, it's so frustrating. But um, we are literally living out the building of Sodom and Gomorrah in real time. I don't know about uh, that, but yes, like society is just crumbling, and it's uh, we're going one way or the other. Like some places are just saying, "Screw it." And we're going to go this direction. And then other places are tightening down. And it's it's a wild world that we live in right now. I did see also um, this morning that Utah, Idaho and Texas have literally replaced every job that was lost due to the pandemic. Good for them. Yeah. What did they replace them with? <laughs> Robots. <laughs> red states, all red states, people. And sure. All they, don't, they, they no longer have their I guess the way they measure that is. With the unemployment, I guess, and uh, that I don't like the unemployment number just in general because it's so easy to manipulate one way or the other. But long story short, it's amazing what small business can do, and kind of like what Luigi said uh, there. But it's amazing what small business can do when the government gets out of the way, because the one thing the government's not good at business. Mm-hmm. So get out of the way, let the small business owners do what they do best, which is provide you tax revenue. Just get out of their way. Yeah. Yeah. That would seem to be a very, very good idea. Well, we really enjoyed having Luigi and Matthew on the show today from Shield Advisory. Shield Advisory Group. Yes. And their podcast, The Liquid Lunch Podcast. Yeah. And you can find all of that information will be in the show notes for today's show. So if you want to connect with them, reach out to them. Take advantage of that tax credit, everybody, if you've got employees and you haven't done so already. Right. And don't forget the IRS has issued a new new policies for for this year. If you have any stolen goods that you've stolen, you must, you must include them on your tax um, form this year, unless of course someone stole them from you or you gave them back. Yeah. If you didn't make money off those stolen goods, then you don't have to report them. That's correct. Yeah. So be honest, America. So that's it for uh, today's show with Defeat the Chaos. I am Corey. I'm Julie. And uh, we will see you next week. Same time.